Hey everybody, this is Riley McShane from Allegiant, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. How was your vacation, man? Oh, it was great, dude. Yeah? We went to, yeah, the first couple days we took Colin up to, he's a big roller coaster fan, and he wanted to ride the biggest roller coaster in the world. Yeah. It's up, it's up in Jersey at Six Flags. Okay. So we took him up there, and uh, which was great. I mean, it's expensive, but it was fun. And I was actually had all intentions of doing it until <laughs> I got to till I got to the bottom of that fucker, and it is so big, man. Really? Yeah, it's four hundred fifty-six feet. Ouch! The, dr- the drop, and then it's zero to one twenty-eight in three point something seconds. Holy shit! I gotta look up how big. How how did you say four hundred and sixty eight feet? Yeah, so look it up. It's called the King Daka K I N D A. Holy fuck! K- that's a huge drop. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's monstrous. Fo- it's like almost two football oh, oh, fields. Oh wait a second! Are we doing this fucking conversion? You couldn't figure out feet. I don't know feet yet. I'm learning. <laughs> I never said what I was doing. I just had to look at it and see how big it was. <laughs> We're starting already. No, no. I, I wasn't gonna bring it up. I was just doing it I was doing it incognito. <laughs> if our buddy, if our buddies from Heavy Petting are listening, maybe they can But yeah, so after Great Adventure we went down to uh Denise and I went down to Myrtle Beach and stayed at a beach resort for four days or something, and that was very nice. Oh man. I've never I mean, we, Myrtle Beach is in Florida, right? No, South Carolina. South Carolina? It's, it's kind of like right on the border of North Carolina, South Carolina, right on the coast. Oh, wow. I bet you it's just beautiful there. It's It was really nice, and we had like a beachside thing. We really had no fucking agenda at all. It was kind of get up when we get up and eat when we eat. And we'd be sitting at the pool, and I'd be waiting to hear a blender at the bar, so I knew it was bar 30, and I could start pouring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kept, go- I kept bar- going, hey, is it time yet? She's like, no, it's too early. And then I'd hear the bar... The blender stuck going right around 11-ish, and then I was yeah. like, cool, I can stop pouring. Bar 30 is like one of my favorite times on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bar 30 is nice. And bar 30 lasts, like the happy hour lasts for, you know, 12 hours or, or more at times. However long it goes, it goes. Yeah, it was it was cool. You know, we ate a couple of really cool places, and, and it was nice. No real agenda at all, just kind of hanging. Oh, that's cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Need that to reset once in a while, I guess. Well, you were on vacation. I started work on my new EP, which was really amazing. It's been an amazing journey doing this. I have. I heard Rob, that. I have Rob from Touch the Sun. Uh, he's doing all the drums on it. Um, I programmed all the parts, and but he's just going to take them and Robinize them, if that makes any sense. Right. And um, I have a really amazing lead guitar player that's going to do some lead work on it. And it's such a departure from what I normally do. I'm like, it's fucking heavy as shit, but not, but not, it's like, it's not heavy as in like metal heavy, even though it is heavy metal, I guess, but it's kind of like a mixture between like, um, say, uh, like Nirvana, Nevermind and and Alice in Chains and Gojira and In Mm. Flames all put together into one kind of thing so you know what i heard though i heard though that if you come on the show and hype that you automatically like go gold or something 
Well, fuck. That's the that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm talking about it. I know what happens to Ben, so I'm just like, hey, you know, right? Hey, for all the five people that will actually hear the song when I finish it, right? You know, please share it with five more. I told you. I was talking to Josh the other day from Oculum Day, and I said, "Hey, we're we're taking credit for your band's success." And he was like, "Dude, just ride with it. Go for it, man." <laughs> Well, tell him we want 5% of all merch sales. Well, he listens. He's one of our five listeners. So oh, then, Josh. then we don't want 5% of your merch sales. That would be rude. <laughs> right, dis- disregard that. <laughs> I've been dealing with uh, with a dog today. There's been no Vagisil on the paws, but um, <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's been whining a lot. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a lady at work the other day when I told her about that. She didn't believe me, so she called her boyfriend, I guess, who's like a vet tech. Yeah. And she's like, Bruce's partner's putting Vagisil on his dog's paws. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, they do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) She was sort of fact-checking us. (laughs) Fact-check this. (laughs) I'll give you something to fact-check. Right. Yeah, she didn't believe it at all. And then she's like, oh, cool, I guess you're right. Well, the funnier part about it was... So the Vagisil doesn't clear that up. So I was like, oh, what else do I do? And then my wife was like, well, you know what happens when a girl has these problems? I'm like, well, you go to the doctor. <laughs> She's just like, right. or you sit in a vinegar bath. Let's make him a vinegar bath. <laughs> <laughs> to make him a vinegar, vinegar bath. And put him in the tub with all his feet submerged. And he's like, ah, fuck, this sucks. Get me out of this fucking shit. Jesus Christ. And he's like freaking out, and I'm like, "Have another treat, have another treat, have another treat." So I did. I had to let him sit there five, ten minutes, right? So, and I'm just feeding him treats. But the only—he's right. so old and picky. The only treats he'll eat are these pill pocket things, like you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was breaking them up into small pieces. Well, holy shit! I've never smelt dog gas that bad in the evening. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It was a mixture of vinegar and dog farts in my house for the whole night. It was so brutal, dude. (laughs) I'm not sure how anybody ever makes it to our interviews in the podcast, because with this stupid shit we start off with, it's uh, it's quite interesting. (laughs) Hey, it's just, you know, it's real talk. Oh, absolutely. We're keeping it real. So today we're going to be talking with the vocalist on a, a, I guess it's a Legion, but holy shit, I can't wait to talk about that boat because that was, we got to at least tell them that, you know, we're old school fans or something. Oh my God. Oh, I will never Jesus. forget that day. You know what? You ran and, gra- you ran and grabbed the end and you're like, they're pulling ceiling tiles. From you know what them. I'm doing right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm searching a Legion on 70,000 tons of metal because I'm going to send them videos through Skype. And so he oh, can see go. what was actually fucking happening. I remember those ceiling tiles just coming down and people were going nuts. Oh my God. That was like, my buddy Scott was at that show. He didn't go to bed till like six the next morning because he was just so fucking fired up from it. He's <laughs> yeah, like, that was the best fucking up. thing I've ever seen. Holy fucking shit. He was just losing his mind. Pardon my language, everyone. Right. Andy, he's always complaining about our language. So Randy, if you're listening. Sorry, Randy. I'm, I'm really fucking yeah. sorry. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm looking forward to this because it's been one of the uh, better shows we've seen together. Oh, even in my lifetime, crazy actually. blew my fucking mind away. Oh, there you are. Oh, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, I apologize for Chris's ineptness. Hey, you just got to roll with it. Fucking you know, famous. I am a. I'm in. I'm in a couple bands. I'm used to dealing with inept people. So <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, that's my partner, Chris. Nice to meet you, man. What's going on, dude? So I'll catch you up, Chris. He's wearing the uh, the nice floor pattern because he's in San Diego, ready to chat with us. So, oh yes. fucking hey, what are you doing in San Diego? I live here. Oh huh? well, that explains that. <laughs> yes, yes. I live in a uh, in North County, San Diego, in in Escondido, but. I've actually never lived outside of California yet. Somehow, my my bread and butter is based out of Denver, sort of. <laughs> yeah, so, so so weird. Interesting. All right, so yeah. we can uh, we can just jump in, Chris. You want to start? <clears throat> I will. I know you do. <laughs> so the first time I saw your band, I was on seventy t- seventy thousand tons of metal. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, that show was mind blowing. Was it the uh, the Pyramid Room show, right? Yeah, yeah. we were both yeah. there. Yeah, where yeah, the tiles were was... coming off the roof and people yeah. were hanging from the <laughs> kicking out ceiling tiles and shit. I was just <laughs> like, holy Christ! <laughs> so I actually uh, seventy thousand tons is like mostly a blur to me because I uh, but when I was on my way to the airport, right, yeah, uh, to fly from California to Florida to get on the boat, um, the bass player for cattle decapitation at the time, Derek Engeman called me and was like, Hey dude, like, uh, you know, Travis has a family emergency that like came up last night. Uh, you know, is there any way, like how familiar are you with our material? And I was just like, Oh God. Uh, I was like, well, I can play, I can do like everything off your last album off Anthropocene extinction. Yeah. And he, and he was just like, cool, that's five songs. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up doing like last minute double duty on 70,000 tons for a legion and for cattle decapitation. And, oh, wow. uh, and so I had to do like, it was like cattle's first set was like two hours after the boat took off. Oh my and God. Then, and then a legion's first set was at like five o'clock in the morning that night. Oh my God. <laughs> next day right <laughs> uh, on the uh on the pool deck up like yeah. up at the very top yeah and then and then uh i'm pretty sure i want to say that it was a legion again in the pyramid room the next day and then cattle decapitation uh in the uh the ice rink room right oh yeah. wow and it was like all in the first two days so i just didn't sleep for the first two days <laughs> and then and then i finally was like okay i've like i've got a crash but the land stop is soon i'm just gonna like rest my eyes for a minute and uh you know as i'm like drifting into sleep i hear them be like you know <laughs> now arriving at labadee haiti and i was just like oh, okay fuck like i'm just gonna sleep for like half an hour like get off the boat like go see haiti and uh like it was one of those things where it's like you know when like you close your eyes and you like feel like you only slept for a second but then you open it back up and you're like oh shit how long was i asleep and in those cabins as i'm sure you guys remember like there's no semblance of of time it's no, just like no it's just like all right well i'm in my cabin so i'm like all right well let's, i feel like the boat is moving so 
like, you know, hopefully I didn't miss the land stop and I like go like crawl out of my bunk and like you know, get my shit together. And I, I walk up to the pool deck to like kind of see what time of day it is. And mm-hmm. it is like the dead of night in the middle of the ocean. And I was just like, <laughs> 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 I was like, well, I guess, uh, I guess I'm just going to party super hard for the next 18 hours, which I did. So I <laughs> was there. Uh, we reference that show on this on this show all the time. That is one of like the best, oh, the yeah. craziest shows I've ever seen. Yeah, man. I you know I've I've heard that from from a lot. I mean, it was super fun. Don't get me wrong, but like seeing all those people in like crab suits was super awesome. And like you know, <laughs> but for us, it was just like oh, it's like a, it's just a, a legion show. But a ton of people have approached me since then being like, that was like hands down the most insane. Actually. So the other one, people are like the only other show I've seen in that room at that level of intensity was a uh, flesh God apocalypse. People say like a couple years prior yeah. was like right. of, of equal craziness. And it, I was just like, it oh, was shit. close, but it wasn't cool. that it was close, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't that like, I was just telling Bruce before we got on, um, my buddy Scott was, um, First time on the boat, he's never been, and I go almost every year. So he's he's on the boat, and he likes metal, but he's not into like screaming metal. That's not his right. thing, right? Anyways, um, we're drinking beers, obviously, and we bring him we bring him to the to the lounge there. By the end of the show, he was in the fucking pit. He's body surfing. He's just going yes. crazy. <laughs> And he, then afterwards, I run into him about five in the morning. I'm like, oh, are you up to see the show? He's like, I can't fucking sleep. The fucking Allegiant <laughs> show just fucked me up. And he's just like, <laughs> it's just like holy shit, dude. That's <laughs> uh, fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was amazing, dude. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was, so, uh, Chris, yeah. I know you didn't, you missed part of the uh, intro conversation there. Riley, you said you're in a second band. So how do you keep up with uh, that kind of intensity yes because i'm assuming it's the same type of band i'm not familiar with so this is actually these tours that i just mentioned uh off the air so i guess on the air i will mention that uh, i'm leaving for tour with my my band continuum uh to do the bloodletting north america tour uh with like disentune and and signs of the swarm and organectomy and uh i think visceral discord is on there as well uh and mental cruelty so it's like slam like super brutal death metal kind of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. um and uh, this is actually my first full-length tour with Continuum. So Continuum started in, like, 2009, yeah. I want to say. And then I recorded vocals for our first album, The Hypothesis, in 2011. And then that album didn't come out until, like, 2014. So based off of that, like, five-year chunk of time, I was like, oh, this is a studio project. Like, it's never going to be, right. like, a, a touring band kind of thing. And then... uh uh, the other thing about Continuum is that it's like it's not a super group by any means, but it's like a bunch of dudes who have been in the game for a long time. Like uh, my guitar player Chase Frazier uh, is one of the founding members of Animosity, and he played in a Decrepit Birth for a while. He also played in that uh, Scour band with Phil Anselmo, and uh, you know, so he's he's been around. And then uh, our bass player, uh, or I'm sorry, our other guitar player plays bass for uh, Deeds of Flesh. Um, you know, he played in, a, I want to say, Brain Drill for a while. Our drummer played in Brain Drill and, uh, okay. and Saturn. He currently plays for Inanimate Existence, uh, which is a band that I was in prior. Um, so it's like, it's, everybody's been around. We've all been in touring bands and all this kind of stuff. So I was just like, you know, it took us like five years to get the first album out. And we're all doing other shit. Like, I'm assuming this is never going to be a touring band. 
And then, uh, like last year, uh, my guitar player is just like, yo, I wrote an album. I got us like booking representation through artery global, like, uh, unique leader is ready to put this thing out and like get us on the road. And I was just like, fuck. <laughs> I'm never getting off the road. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. So, cause it's, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I love what I do and I love touring and I'm, I'm super grateful to be in a position where I can tour. Cause so many musicians, you know, never, never get there. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's exhausting and it's definitely, you know, death metal is not, you know, Live, I'm not living in the lap of luxury by any means. A lot of sleeping in vans and right. all that kind of shit. And yeah, you know, it's I just turned 31 like earlier this year. <laughs> I'm a you know my body can only take so much of 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 that. So being in a band who is like you know going from being in a legion who's done extensive touring over the years and you know just released our fifth album and you know is is you know starting to do headlining tours and all this kind of stuff. Going from from that level of touring to a brand new band playing like third in the lineup, you know, on a six, on a six band show, uh, as like our very first tour is, is rough. So it's, uh, you know, I just got to grin and bear it, you know, count the days. I have like, you know, a little, little, little prison wall that I just like (laughs) mark tallies into on the side of the van. Uh, Are you concerned at all about your, your voice holding out for that stained period of time? No, not really. Um, I mean, I've, I've been doing this, I've been singing since I was like five years old and I've been doing death metal stuff since I was about, uh, 14. So long time. Um, and I, I also, am like a vocal coach. I have a handful of students that I teach and stuff. So uh, training, training and proper execution of stuff is like really important to me and taking care of my voice on the road and all that kind of stuff. So I'm i I'm pretty careful. So I don't, uh, I don't blow up my voice, especially when these, these big two month tours happen. This isn't my first two month tour, but it is my first two month tour split across two different bands. So yeah, a little bit crazy. Here's a question for you. I'm, I'm, I'm a singer and I'm trying to learn to scream. I can't do it. I've never done it. I took one lesson with, um, a girl from, from a band named Cripper. Her, her name is Britta. I did it on, the very first 70,000 tons of metal in 2011, I met her. And okay. like, it was the first time I'd ever heard a girl pull that off. And she was like, by far the best singer on that boat in that style. So, I, oh, how do you do this? And she's like, oh, you have to pretend like you're puking. And I was just like, what? And I didn't really, <laughs> underst- I didn't really understand what she was saying. So, how do you do that without damaging your voice? Because I've taken a, like years of classical voice training, but I've never right. been able to figure out that the aggressiveness of it. Okay. So if you're familiar with your voice, uh, so basically I'm going to try to get a little bit farther away from my mic here. So I don't blow out your (laughs) podcast. Um, so when you project a note, right? Like when you hit just like a regular note, you, you know, from the diaphragm, proper posture, all that kind of stuff. So you like, right. Yeah. Does that, did that cut through? Is that yeah, it's clear? Clear. beautiful? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you do something like that. So then the next step from there is to do like a vocal fry kind of deal, which is just like the, the tightening of your aperture so that when you're using the same amount of air from your diaphragm, you, you know, are pushing through like a tighter window. Imagine like, like when you, you know, let air out of a balloon. Yeah. If you just let it do its thing, it's like, but if you tighten it up, it does a little like squeaky thing. So it's same principle with the aperture in your vocal folds. So from a regular like belted note like that, you can then tighten up that aperture and do like a vocal fry kind of deal, right? So becomes 
And then from there, it's just going lower and lower and lower and lower is, is basically what you do. So, you know, you have turns into and there you have it. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. That'll that's the easiest sense. way to do it. As someone who like is familiar with your voice, you know, that's that's I feel like the easiest way to transition as someone who's already, you know, a singer. Um, so, can I ask you a question? And I mean, we've done a million of these interviews, and I've been around for a long time, but I've never asked it. Does that hurt your throat? No, not at all. No. I, I nope. understand what you're saying. I I, I don't. <laughs> I really get it because you think it would, but if you're if you're just relaxed and letting the air go and controlling yeah. your airflow, it's not gonna. It's not going to do anything. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's just like regular singing. It's actually most similar to singing uh, opera, in my experience, um, because it's like you have to use a lot of air. You have to really project, really belt. Um, you know, it's all coming through your resonance chamber. Your soft palate is closed or up in that like hard K position kind of thing. So there's nothing coming through your nose. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very like proper projection, but basically it's, so like I said, just kind of like it, it, it's weird because it's like you have to gain that tightness in your aperture to create that vocal fry thing. Um, but then to create a lower tone, uh, as I'm sure you know, you have to, uh, you know, open up your your larynx a little bit to get those like deep bassy tones. Yeah, yeah. So c- combining the two is kind of tricky. Um, but once you get it, it's just like second nature. Cool. So all those people who say it's just screaming, you've Art. just been uh, you've just been taught a lesson here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys are you guys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, no. The, so, I remember the first time I saw, like the very first metal show I I kind of saw was In Flames. Oh yeah, and it blew me away. I was at this club in Vancouver called the Commodore Ballroom. Yep, and. uh they just fucking rocked that place, and that guy can scream. And then in the middle, in between songs, he's he's got that accent. He's like, "Oh, thank you very much, everybody." Yep. And he's like so tame and quiet. <laughs> and he's like, "Let's go, run!" That's that's exactly how I feel every time I see Opeth because they still do a lot of their like older growly songs, right? Even yeah, though they don't right. put it on on albums anymore. But yeah, fucking. The first time, the first time I saw them, uh, Michael Lockett felt the same way. He's like super soft spoken in between songs, but he's fucking hilarious. And so he was like, "What do you say?" He was like, uh, "I wrote this song uh, several years ago, and when I was first demoing it out, I I showed it to my grandmother, and she <laughs> said, I think that that.'" is a very nice song. And then they started playing fucking Deliverance. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, so let's switch this podcast to why, why I guess we are here, because you're here to talk about a Legion. Yeah. Um, the record's been out, what, maybe six months now? Uh, just over four, I want to say. Oh, okay. it came, out, came out in April, April 19th, so... Now that you've had a chance to sit with it and, and listen to it and rehearse it, whatever you're doing, is there anything you wish you could go back and change? Or are you pretty much happy with, I know every, there's going to be some little thing here and there probably, but uh, yeah, I mean, always, you know what I mean? Like on, I've, I've never done a record and then listened to it six months later and been like, ah, yes, still perfect. Like it's never, <laughs> it's, 
it's never gone that way. And I, I, you know, I try to not get bummed out by that. I just view it as like, uh, it's just a sign of growth. You know what I mean? Like I've grown as a singer between when I recorded that album and when I listened to it today. Um, but yeah, there's, there's things that I wish I could go back and change layers that I wish I could add, um, you know, little bits of melodies and stuff like that, that I wish I could kind of, you know, spice in there and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you just gotta, you just gotta learn to settle with what's out there and, and save those ideas for the next record. In the end, I mean, I know it got great reviews, but it's definitely one of my favorite albums of the year so far. It's, it's freaking great. Thank I you. love it. That's Thank awesome. you very much, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still really happy with it despite, you know, being a perfectionist and one being like, Oh, I wish I could change that. Or I wish I could change sure. that. Um, you know, and, and this album, I feel like is particularly endearing to me um, because it was such a process getting it out there. Uh, you know, proponent for sentience, which was my first record with the Legion was, is, it was a pretty streamlined process. You know what I mean? It was just like, I just wrote my parts and we had studio time booked and then we had a release date set and everything just was like super smooth, super easy. Um, you know, we got all our promo materials in line, all that stuff. But with this one, the writing process was just a little bit harder for everyone. You know, we were spending tons of time on the road, like too much time on the road. Um, you know, taking tours that we had no business taking kind of thing. Right. Um, and, uh, it affected our, uh, it, it affected our release schedule and it, it was hard to like get into a creative space when we were like so busy all the time. And, you know, when it finally came together, I hated it. I was just like, dude, this is awful. Like there's so much wrong with this album. Like I hate the way it's laid out. There's songs that I wish weren't on here. There's all this kind of stuff. And you know, it took like, you know, getting together with the dudes and like, you know, throwing shit on the chopping block and, you know, uh, yeah. And, but in some cases it was like too little too late. Like our vinyl for this album has, has two songs that aren't on the CD and the track listing is totally different. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. And, and it, that's because by the time that we like got everything together, we're like, okay, this is how it should be. These are the songs that we want on there. This is how we want them to play. Like this is the play order we want. Uh, metal blade was like, dude, we have already started pressing vinyl for this. Like we can fix it for the CD and for the digital, but like, you're just going to have to fucking live with the vinyl being like right. the original, the original shit that you sent us. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, like I said, it was just like, headache after headache after headache trying to get this record out um that makes it a collector yeah right and then uh but then you know the theme of the album is all about like you know death leading to new life and and growth and positive change and all this shit so it was like (laughs) it was kind of of a contrast to like what was actually going on behind the scenes and i I feel like (laughs) uh but even even with that it it kind of does tie into the whole uh, theme of the record of how you know it, it took a lot of bullshit to get the record out but then when we finally got it out i feel like it was the best version that it possibly could have been so it kind of you know it, it definitely worked out but like i said it's 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 more endearing to me i i remember this process a lot more because you know you generally tend to uh remember the uh the hard the hard times more than the easy times so oh, sure it was uh it was definitely a process, but finally getting it out and then seeing everyone's response to it was super special. So right. I'm uh I'm stoked on it. I'm glad you like it. Awesome. <laughs> so you say you guys all live in different places. Did you get together yeah. to write the record or were you writing remotely? No, we write remotely. Um and then we just get together when we record. And so when we go into the studio, the album is only like 
90, 95% done. Um, because Dave Otero is a fantastic, uh, producer on top of being a fantastic audio engineer. Um, so we're always open to, you know, it's like, we have everything written, like all the parts are there. It's not like we're like leaving the ends of songs being like, Oh, we'll just figure it out in the studio. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, when Dave is like, Oh yeah, I like this, but maybe like, don't, uh, maybe do it less shitty. Like we're yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's 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 fix that part. Let's make it less shitty. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the like final details are hashed out in the studio with Dave. Um. But yeah, we write all the songs remotely. I write all my parts. Um. You know, it's it's a lot of like uh, Greg and Mikey, right? Like they like split song duties pretty much down the middle of like here's this whole song, and then everybody else kind of writes their parts on top of it. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, right remotely, and then we get together a few days. Uh, well, so we we spend about a month, month and a half in the studio, yeah. And then everybody everybody kind of flies out for like their week, you know what I mean? So I'm I get there at like the tail end uh, because vocals always go last on recordings. Um, so I get there like last week, you know, give myself like a day to kind of acclimate because we record in Denver, which is oh, nowhere. Vo- nowhere near sea level (laughs) (laughs) right it's gonna mess up your vocal cords man yeah so i i give myself a day or two to acclimate to the altitude and then hit the studio and yeah do it that way same thing with touring we just get together a couple days before the tour starts and run some rehearsals and make sure everybody's dialed in and if we have to cut a song you know because one one or more people are like ah i didn't i couldn't get this down like it's not working out then you know that's what we have to do but yeah yeah we have a we have a system (laughs) nice nice do you think about i guess changing the uh vibe or the performance from album to album because this one is definitely i think in my opinion at least a lot more progressive or a lot more proggy is that something that's intentional or is that just the way it it flows um it's kind of just the way it flows honestly like uh you know mikey uh when doing an interview or when we asked him about like you know you know, what was your writing process like? He summed it up pretty well for, I feel, everyone uh, in the band where he was just like, you know, like, I I went into this being like, you know, I, he's like, usually when I write songs, I try to, like, make them sound like a legion. You know what I mean? And this time he was just like, I'm just going to write songs and see what happens. And, you know, I feel like those songs are the best ones on the record. Um because they are just like way more raw and musical um, and not, they don't feel forced uh, as some right. Legion tracks contend to, to do. Okay. Cool. Chris, anything? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just enjoying checking it out, man. Yeah. So just, just so you know, Bruce and I, we, we started this podcast, but I'm, I'm kind of newer to metal. So okay. for me, this podcast is about learning more about metal and getting to meet people in metal and 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 hopefully helping people that listen to it come along in that journey so that they can kind of broaden their horizons into a different kind of way of listening to things. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So it. Riley, do you have a sense of humor at all? Chris is gonna start laughing here. Oh, I I have I have no sense of humor. I am no the most the most serious person. All right, well, that's the the perfect, I have that's a feeling you're person. lying. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm a jackass or whatever, but I've always got these like crazy off the wall questions that I usually end things on a couple uh, of them. Dog, 
Give it to me. Give, Give it I to need, you. Right? That's I, what I'm looking for. It. You ready? They're going to be really <laughs> fucked up. We're okay with that? I, I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> How do you describe the color yellow to somebody who's colorblind? Uh, <laughs> have you ever... Like just the the smell of lemons. Be like, you know what you know what lemons smell like. That's what fucking yellow looks like. No, uh, how how would I do that? Let's see. <laughs> someone was like, oh, yeah. someone. If someone was like, oh, dude, like you know, I'm. Can you do me a favor? I'm I'm colorblind, and I've just always wanted to know what the color yellow looks like. And everybody says it's like a really happy color. All this stuff, you know. What can can you explain to me what what it looks like? I would be like, well, first step, uh, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> your life, your life has no value because you see things terribly. And right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you have lived your burden of existence this long. No, I. Uh, <laughs> we should apologize to our five listeners that if any of them are colorblind. Uh, no, yeah, no yeah. offense to you, colorblind people. I'm just, <laughs> I, uh, Don't worry, I offend them every time. <laughs> I go into uh, I go I go into to comedy mode where I I feel like nothing's nothing's too harsh, nothing's off limits. Oh no, I'm with you. I was kidding, yeah. dude. Go that's, go go. That's, 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 that's how comedy is, right? So you have oh, to yeah. you know <laughs> be a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> so yellow. So let's fuck, man. This is a really hard question. Uh, <sighs> you said you were down, man. I, I, <laughs> give him the next one. Give him the next one. Come on. Like, I, let me piss in your mouth. And what that tastes like, that's what yellow looks like. What, I never had that answer, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got one more fucked up one and then uh, another serious one, and we can call it a day. Okay. Hey, uh, why are manhole covers round? <laughs> Look at this black stare. Manhole covers round? Because... Uh, <laughs> uh, is this a question or is this a, a is, this, is there a punchline coming? There is, is no punchline. You want no, me to skip okay. the next there's one? No, I don't. I hold on. I got. Why are manhole covers round? Manhole covers are round because I mean because they are everywhere in the world. They're round. Well, it's just that manholes are like more like a slit shaped, so it's not for covering your manhole. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so it, it clearly did not get its inspiration from the actual manhole. Right, um, not a butt plug. It's no, not, a, not not a not what, what's, <laughs> what's it called when you jam shit into your pee hole? There's like a specific word for that. I don't uh, know. I don't, I don't know. know. Chris is probably googling it right now. You know, my 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 wife would know, and I totally don't. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not what I mean. Not, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, why are manhole covers round? Manhole covers are round because if they were triangular, there'd be a lot more traffic accidents. Perfect. Um, and if I, they were square, I don't know. I personally think they should be square. I'm going to start a fucking change.org <laughs> petition to make all <laughs> manholes square. <laughs> All right. Thank you for playing along. It, I've got I one got more it. Player. I got it. You ready? Yes. Oh, here we go. Urethral sounding. Oh, sounding. That's what it is. <laughs> sounding. I don't want to know about any of that. I, you know, I, my, I got I to erase say, my history or my wife's going to kill me. I wanted to say, I wanted to say pegging, but that's when, <laughs> that's when, that's when you, someone fucks you in the butt with a strap on dildo. That's, that's oh, totally nice. Totally. Thank you for that. 
Yeah, hey, you know, I'm a well, I'm a wellspring of information. Uh, well, thank you for playing along, Riley. One last one: if you were stranded on a deserted island, desert island, whatever, you could take three records. Assuming you've got like a solo power turntable, what would they be? Uh, the self-titled Portishead record. Nice. Uh, the Wall by Pink Floyd. Oh, amen. And. I don't know. I feel like I should say a metal album, but like I fucking would not want to be stuck <laughs> on a desert island with a fucking metal record for my whole life. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, you know what? That's not true. In In Defiance of Existence by Old Man's Child. I could listen to that record a million. I'm actually not even familiar with that, so I'm going to have to Google no, it. It's, it's so good. There's this song called uh, So It's Old Man's Child is uh, the guitar player from Demu Borgir. Mm-hmm. It's, it's his like other band where he does guitar and vocals for it. Um, but there's a lot of like member interchange kind of thing. And so Nick Barker who played for cradle of filth and he played for Demu on a, I want to say puritanical misanthropic mm-hmm. or puritanical euphoric misanthropic, whatever the fuck that album's called. And then a uh, death cult Armageddon. Um, he plays on in defiance of existence and it's like he just kind of gets to show off a little bit more. It's a little bit more flashy because um, mm-hmm. it's not as like structured and, and stylistic as Demon Borgir is. Right. Um, and it's fucking crazy. It is so sick. Like the whole record is amazing, but just the drums alone are next level. You, know, you check out this song called Black Seeds on Virgin Soil if you have not heard it. Uh, definitely and, check it and, out. And just listen to the drums. It will blow your mind. Ah, I love. I know. Drums. I said. I know. I said the last one. Can I get you one more? Yeah, of course. I know we're we're looking at Chris because we're doing the video thing. See that shirt right there? What do you think of Gojira? I fucking love Gojira. They're actually one of my favorite bands. However, Thank however, you. Uh, no, no, there's a however in there. Hold on. Uh, I've never seen them live. What? And yeah, it's fucked up. Okay, so check this out. So every time I've tried to see Gojira live, maybe like five or six times, and uh, every single time. Uh, something comes up or gets in the way. Like they played, I, I want to say they played Hellfest, but I'm, I'm not sure, but I know for sure they played heavy Montreal the yeah. day after we did. Oh. And I couldn't, couldn't see them. Um, every time they come through San Diego or LA, I'm on tour. Um, they were supposed to play the year that we played 70,000. I know. Metal, I, I, but, I actually interviewed them for that. And then, then we had to scrap the interview. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but but then I was did. actually more excited that Overkill got the spot. Yeah, it was that, Overkill. That's more my my. Scene. It was it was supposed to be Gojira and Nile, I want to say, but then it ended yep. up being Overkill and us. Yep. Um, yep. So I mean, I was stoked to be on seventy thousand of the metal, but I was like, God damn it, Gojira's not playing. Like, you know, I've I fucking I've seen Emperor more times than I've seen Gojira, which is like a band that has been around for 30 years and never tours versus a band who like tours all the time. They don't stop. Yeah. And And, you know, I, I I guess I could have seen them when they just came through LA with Slipknot, but I, uh, Oh no, I couldn't, I was gone. I was out of town. So see, same shit. (laughs) I have this running joke here. Seeing Gojira live is a religious experience and I'm not a religious guy. That's it's, what I've heard is that their live show. So I love their records. Like uh, uh, the first one of theirs that I heard was the way of all flesh. Yeah. And then after that, I started backtracking and listened to uh Mars Sirius and the link and all that shit. And was like, Oh, this is fucking amazing. And then uh, 
you know, Leon Font, whatever came out and I was just like, Oh, well, this is also super sick. Um, but I've never seen them live. And I know people who are like, yeah, I cannot listen to that band on record, but seeing That's them me. live, seeing them live is like fucking unreal. That's how I am with a, dying fetus like i can maybe that's my difference then because we have this running argument we just don't i don't get it i listen to it and i don't hate it i just it doesn't stand out to me like everybody else is talking about it like i'm missing something i don't know what i'm missing so exactly how i am with dying fetus i like cannot listen to their records but i've seen them live like three times and they are like i'm like how can three dudes be that fucking heavy like it is like the heaviest fucking (laughs) show Right. I've ever seen and I'm just like oh this is so sick I wish I could enjoy your albums <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the first time I saw Gojira was opening for In Flames at that In Flames show I told you about and I didn't know who they were and I just caught the last song when I was like oh they seem pretty good and then uh, the next time I saw them they were touring in the way of all flesh and they came through Vancouver and they played uh, it's called the Queenie Theater there it's, it's like pretty small theater holds about 2,000 people or something and they, Devin Townsend opened the show, which was, he was quite good. And then yeah. Gojira came on and it, I've never seen anything like that. That whole place was a mosh pit. They were moshing in the upper balconies. People like, yep. gar- <laughs> they had security guards upstairs, like stop. No, you know, you're yeah. going to go over the edge. When they finished playing, they came back out, did an encore, left. All the lights are come, come on. They're pulling back line off the stage and the whole crowd is still just chanting, Gojira, Gojira. Uh, so uh, Mario and Joe come out, and they're like, what the fuck do you want us to do? They're just screaming at the crowd. No microphones, nothing. And they <laughs> they both jump in the audience. Nice. <laughs> the lights are That's on, awesome. and they body surf all over the place. And then they get back on the stage. They're like, okay, we're done. And they, they walk off, and the whole place is still just screaming for them. No one left. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, they... Uh- they're definitely one of those bands that like they do something. Okay. So metal is a genre of music where like, it's really hard to do new shit. You know what I mean? Like there is so the dynamic in metal is very limited. I feel, you know what I mean? Like, because it's so, you know, cranked up to 11 all the time that it's like, it's hard to create a unique dynamic when everything, when that, when the intensity level of music is that high. Um, and so when Gojira came along and started doing something that was like entirely unique, I feel like that alone, whether or not you like the style is enough to be like, holy shit, this band is amazing because right. it's like they, they put something into a genre where everything has been done um, and did something that was like entirely new and entirely unique. And it's, right. it's, it's a combination of so many things. It's not even just the songwriting, but also their production and their guitar tone. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the unique style that each one of them has, whether it's vocals or, uh, you know, uh, Mario on drums. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's so, like I said, just entirely unique. And I think that that's really what Gojira's strongest point is, um, you know they're uh, they're awesome players as well, but right. their their ability to inject something into the metal scene that had never been done before um, is like truly astounding. So Bruce, you're awesome. getting trounced here, buddy. I know, <laughs> but I'm editing this so we can. <laughs> I told Bruce when they come, to make it swing my when way they come through point. DC, I'll buy him the ticket, but not on this tour. 
You are the man. Thank awesome. you very much for taking the time. Are you guys? Hey, absolutely. Are you guys? Yeah, thanks for the, uh, the local all? lesson and the medical terms. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it all. <laughs> no problem. Be safe, brother. Uh, yeah, take it easy, guys. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah, that was cool. He's got a. Uh, you got fucking trounced on Gojira, buddy. I did get trounced. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was well, watching you, you slowly. Lesson. How the hell did you get him to give you a vocal lesson? <laughs> <laughs> I have such weird ways of talking to people, I think. I had no idea he was gonna like push back his chair and actually do it. No, it's awesome. <laughs> so 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 far in the last two episodes I've gotten guitar pickup advice, guitar advice, um, and now vocals. conversion from Imperial to Celsius with the formula and, <laughs> and a vocal lesson. <laughs> and vocal lessons. <laughs> Well, that's all I've got, man. I think that was a great show. Good guy. Go check him out if they come to a arena near you. Oh, and a killer love- band. You won't regret seeing this band live. They just, and, they'll blow you away. And Apostasis, he said it was April, uh, came out this year. So go check that out because it really is high on my list of albums for the year. Great album. Uh, thanks for listening. Keep it metal. Yeah. Who out there? Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.